Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. And we are kicking off the year for our Transits podcast, which I'm so freaking excited about. So welcome, Jenny Crowther. Hello, Emma. Hello, everyone. So it is super exciting to get into this new year. Um, As a lot of you would have heard me banging on about, uh, this is going to be a big year. Uh, We're going to have a big few years as we're running up to uh, the new paradigm. And what I love, like one of the things I really, really love about the work that we do or about anything is what I'm starting to see is these parallels, like people telling um, the same story in different contexts, you know, like I'm just hearing so many different energy workers, spiritual leaders, um, all sorts of people talking about how we're running towards this time. It's the next few years, whether it's 2027, um, all these things. And just to hear that confirmation out there um, is so powerful because at the end of the day, it doesn't, it, whether it's true or not, we won't know until we get there. But one thing that's really important is that we believe in it, that we're focused on it, that we're focused on this beautiful world that we're creating, um, as opposed to the turbulence that we have to go to, to break away from the old. So yeah, I'm super excited. I'm really excited about 2022. So um, yeah. How are you? <laughs> uh, we just had a little chat off mic before we came on and I was saying to Emma that I'm, um, I'm really really done in like I'm, I have um Emma was talking about her time off and how she had a nice you know she's re- reorganized her time and I was like I've done the opposite I haven't stopped working in January which um I'm very grateful for I've had a, a really good time um running off 
basically root fumes from I don't know where, <laughs> adrenalized a route that I don't have in my design and that wasn't activated by the transit. So I don't know where I got the energy from. But um, yeah, I've been insanely busy. Um, I've barely got up from my computer apart from to pop to the beach for a quick break every day. But um, but yeah, I've had a very, very productive, very busy month. Um, but I don't think I'll be repeating the ex- the exercise in February because I'm knackered. Yeah, and that's what we were all talking. That was that's what we were talking about before we hit record. Like, just this is an experiment. So often we have to do it. We have to be in it. We have to have an experience of the experiment to know what works and what doesn't work. And you know, it was really interesting for me in January. Um, I was very very conscious of last month's transits, which I know this sounds weird is odd for me because I'm very much a reverse engineer, you know, like I have the conversation with you. Um, the way my um, energy works is that it all goes in. We have that conversation, intentions are set, and often that's it. I'm done and dusted. I move I move on and there'll be little insights that I pick up throughout, through the month or whenever I read your reminders and I'll be like, oh, that's right. But January was a big player for me with um, the transits that we'd done. Um because I actually had already decided to take the first two weeks off um, to really do do nothing and next to nothing and reflect and vision. Um, and I'm running my Purpose and Abundance beta program at the moment and we do a lot of visioning in there. So it gave me the time and space to do the same thing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like there is so much inside of me that wants to be birthed and experienced and all of those things. So by the end of my holiday, Like I was itching to get working again to the point that Justin literally said to me, are you sure you're not addicted to work? And I'm like, no, like that, that, no, I'm not addicted, but I'm, I'm a generator type. I'm an MG who hasn't been working for two weeks. And it gave me this new like um, validation. I had a massive aha moment about being a mother. Um, You know, when I had my kids, I had this thing in me because my mum was a working mum that um, come hell or high water, I was going to be home with my children because for me, I didn't like it at all as a child. I just wanted my mum. So I was so, whether it was like ego, identity, whatever it was attached to this concept of being home with my children, but it was so hard. Like it was so hard for me. I love them. I adore them. Um, always wanted to be a mum. You know, I, I definitely did the best I could with what I had. But the realization that came to me, when I was, when Justin said, are you addicted? Um, Was like, no, but I was born for this. I was born to be working and really being able to correlate that. Oh my God, I was on my own case as a mother when the kids were little and I wasn't working. And the moment I started working and I'd said it and I was aware of it, but just to have this real in-depth knowing of the moment, because the moment I started working, I felt like me again. And just to have these experiences of like, we are designed, the, the MGs and the generators, we are designed to be working, to do what mm-hmm. we, we love and taking time off from it, you know, like it just it just reinvigorates your passion. And I, and I very much feel that way. I was just saying to Jenny, like Taylor and I are just freaking on. There are so many exciting things happening um, and I just feel so fired up and excited, which you could probably tell because I feel like my poor projector friend is like, whew, she's a bit <laughs> much today. It's all right. It's five in the morning over here, so I'm, I'm not exactly switched up yet. I love it. I love it. So 
Um, I'm going to let you drive for a little bit. Are we going to review January or have we done enough of that and we're going to move on? You tell me. I had some super, in, like like you said, I was really aware of the transits. Um, not the ones I expected. And I've got this, I think January is just like some kind of divine comedy. I'm not entirely sure what went on then. Um, I know a lot of people really felt the first week because we had the 3955 channel activated by Jupiter and I think the sun or the earth, I can't remember, earth maybe. Um, and I think a lot of people felt it. I could see in like the general vibe on Instagram, the comments in my WhatsApp messages. I think everyone was really feeling that kind of the melancholy of that. But I I didn't get that until about a week ago. Same, same, um, same emotional wave, so the individual emotional wave. But I've had the 22, Neptune and the 22 activating my 12, my gate 12, for months and months and months, since August last year, I think. Um, and it's crashed twice and the first time was when January, no, November, crashed in November and crashed again this like literally last week. And so I've had a really interesting observation of an emotional wave in a non-emotional person um, because we're not exactly built for it. And so, I mean, it literally took me to bed. It crashed and I felt these waves of melancholy and grief arising in me and I, it's really obvious to me when that happens that there's no functioning today. It's like it's bed, hot water bottle, tea. And I usually end up like singing devotional music and just sobbing. So I did that for like a whole day. <laughs> and it's like, OK, cancel everything. Clear your diary. This wave is she down. <laughs> like, yeah. <go> to bed. <laughs> um, and then on the back side of that experience, the, the sensitivity and the, the, the rawness and what it's like to be emotionally defined. I was like sending messages to my friends telling them how much I love them. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not normally like that. I'm usually very pragmatic and, and, um, and just, you know, direct. But I was super soft for, yeah, for like four or five days. Um, so that's been a really interesting observation. You know, you're talking about being an MG that doesn't work. I'm talking about being a non-emotionally defined person. But, you know, sometimes we have long transits that do create emotional waves and having to not be spontaneous in my communication with people because the way it's almost like it went melancholy and soft and sweet at the same time I was mm -hmm. kind of surprised at how touch like touchy I was like touchy-feely yeah so yeah but I think this is I think this is one of the things about the you know emotional center and the emotional authority definition in the solar plexus is the knowledge you know no truth in the now you know you you have to have emotional clarity like one of the big questions for me for years has been what does that mean that doesn't mean anything and you know I've been running this experiment and doing that the panels in HDX have been mind-blowing because we get in real life in real time experiences we had another one today on the head center which was just freaking like the distinctions between the head center and the ajna i was like this is gold gold but i think this is the thing with the with the solar plexus is that everyone wants to make it binary like you're up or you're down mm -hmm. you're this or you're that and it's just not that at all you know when i was a kid I loved being down because I wrote poetry. I listened to the most incredible music. So there was joy in my sorrow. 
Um, and when I when I was doing depression, I couldn't work out how I didn't like the melancholy. Like how this is awful. I don't like this. Um, and that's because obviously it was in my head. It wasn't in this this emotional way. But I think this is the thing that um, with uh, that solar plexus definition, we have to understand that if we're emotional beings, we're here to become emotionally um, intelligent. So we're here to experience it all and understand that it cannot be pinned down. It's a freaking awareness center. It can't be pinned down and put in a box. It is an experience and it's something that, um, you know, it's spirit consciousness. So it isn't something that we even in many cases have bloody words for. So I love your expression of it. I think that's really powerful. And I also love you just pointing that out from that from the perspective that there are non-emotional people that are going to have these long transits. And I do think it's challenging because I do agree that you're not set up for it because the thing to add to that is you're then not only are you dealing with the transit, but you're still dealing with everybody else's emotions. So it's like, I'm not dealing with anyone else's emotions. Like I'm not dealing with them. You know, I can, I can shut my, that's why I was a powerhouse at shutting my own down because I'm not affected by other people's emotions. So I think that, you know, that is challenging, probably quite exhausting. So lots of love. Well done. High five. I mean, I was okay because I'm uh, consciously living alone to experience the transits. You know, I'm going through this big experiment of how can I be out of human aura enough to really feel them. Um, But it was the day of the Rave New Year gathering that I was hosting. And so, but what, honestly... I had the best retrospective awareness thing. Two days later, I was on the phone to a friend who I was expecting to see at the the gathering. And she rang me and said, I'm really sorry, I didn't make it. I unexpectedly ended up at this beach fire and this thing. What, how was so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so? And And I went, oh, none of them came. Everyone I expected to come didn't come. And it was just, we, we kept, we were having this conversation and we used the word unexpected about 20 times in it. And then I was like, hang on a minute. And I checked and I was like, it was the right angle cross of unexpected four and everything shifted. Like I usually get really, I'm usually pretty hungry. Like I'm a left brain person. I snack a lot. I eat a lot. I get hungry. I lost my appetite completely and it's still gone. Like 41 is still transiting. We're still in this 41, 31 combination. I've completely lost my appetite and got really thirsty instead. And there's, there's an aspect of, um, and, and like I said, I'm not sleeping. I usually sleep pretty well. I am not sleeping at all. Everything that I have expected from life that I can rely on has been turned upside down this week by 31 and 41, by this combination of this unexpected, jarring energy. And so if anyone else since the 22nd of January has been just like, I don't even know what's happening. I can't even rely on anything anymore. Everything that I expect to be true is suddenly not true. Yeah, I think it was oh this God. activation of the right angle cross. I'm I, I'm literally sitting here doing like, did that is, is that true for me? Did I have that experience? Um, I'll have Saturday to Sunday. You. Saturday Sunday. Saturday Sunday. Well, I'll come back to you because my undefined head and Ajna needs time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but it was just I was just like, you know what you know when you're on the phone you're like, oh I know what this is. Yeah, it was there was a lot of unexpectedness that came yeah. up. Um, Amazing. So good. So should we get into the transits then? Yeah. Let's look ahead, shall we? Let's do it. Um, 
so I think the most the thing I, I think we'll start with is the nodal theme. Um, they shifted, the nodes shifted on January the 18th. And I think a lot of people also felt that, this shift out of the 3420, uh, this Mangen channel that's been on since September last year. Um, and we're now in individual circuitry. We're in gate eight and gate 14. And yeah, it it feels different. You know, the background vibe does does feel different i think um this is a short nodal transit so they quite often last for four four and a half months because they retrograde a lot uh this is a lot quicker we've only got two months in it so for the purposes of this podcast i'm only going to really talk about eight and 14 in this uh, episode so when we i want to mention the line numbers for the rave new year so uh, every everything has a birthday, right? <laughs> and, and this year has a birthday, and the birthday was on January the twenty second. So to look at the 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 cycle that we're in, we take the birth chart from February twenty second, uh, January twenty second. Um, it's a reflector year, so um, there's no um, channels defined for the for the collective, for the group, for the um, global background frequency. So we're very much in this situation where there's no homogenizing energy, right? Like if there's a channel on at the rave new year, the whole planet gets this kind of background channel that's going to play out, but there are no channels. It's all reflecty. So the, when I, we take the annual chart, we've got the gate eight and the gate 14 that the nodes are activating in their sixth, sixth lines. Um, and I think they're really key, the keynote words for the sixth line. So at gate eight, holding together contributions and gate 14 possession in great measure power skills and the lines are communion and humility line six communion for the gate eight line six humility for gate 14 so these themes are about having financial resources and contributing them yeah if we just take it at its most basic how are we contributing to our community in, in financial ways we I mean, we've we've talked about this a lot and we will continue to talk about this because it's still relevant. Finding connection at the level of mind is becoming increasingly challenging. You know, the mental landscape is becoming increasingly uh, polarised, increasingly diversified. And I think even though, even those of us that are trying really hard <laughs> are still finding that if we engage at the level of mind, we get polarised. We, we, we get sucked in to one side or the other. We get sucked into wanting to have a position on whatever it is that's being discussed. Mm-hmm. And, and I, what the nodes do in terms of the Rave New Year chart is set the global viewpoint for the year. Last year, the global view, viewpoint was for, gate 45 and gate 26 at the new year. So it was tribal wow. You know, so that, we were looking at the lens. Go on, yeah, Emma, I want to hear you. It just blows my oh, mind wow. because that's exactly what was going on. You know, rulership and persuasion, like yeah. exactly what the freaking theme for the year was. So, yeah, mind-blowing. Yeah, so that's what the nodes were doing at New Year last year. This year they're in 8 and 14 in these lines of communion and humility. And so I think this is where we can look to um, see where we're going to where we're going to be able to meet each other and it's, in the body and not at the mind level. Um, and I think this is a theme that comes up a few times in the transits this month 
is being able to still love and support someone without needing to understand their position mentally. Um, I think we've, you know, we've all had experience of this where we've been fighting with someone we love very much at the level of mind, trying to be right and trying to get, you know, to win. <laughs> and we've had to be humbled. We've had to experience humility to be able to commune with that person. Like I had it with my, um, I had it with my brother in like, we almost got divorced, like brother, sister divorced. We came right to the edge of, are we breakable or not? Like this fight has been going on for a very long time. <laughs> it got kind of violent. It was really like, as in not at me, but like things were thrown and smashed. Mm. It went on for almost a week and a half, this like very explosive situation. And we, we, we had a cooling off period of a few days and we came back together and it was make or break. And we both decided, we couldn't meet at the mind. We kept trying and trying and trying and me trying to, you know, we just kept the argument going. And eventually I said, are we breakable? And he said, you know what? I don't think we are. We're going to have to just suck it up and agree that we're communing, communing with, with humility. Mm. But we still, this argument, we're just going to have to drop it. And I think this is where we're at. Like, I don't think we can even engage with people we love on the, the subjects where we know we're polarised because I mm. think it's a massive waste of our energy and it's a waste of it, – it, it's potentially um, uprooting an aspect of our love, which that's not what we need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I look, I think this is a really powerful and I, I totally agree and it's really interesting that you talk about it because, um, you know, this 37 of mine – is always leading like I can feel this this peace and equality is fundamentally what I'm all about and one of the things that um that you talk about I feel like this is where like I'm having this conversation within my family and my mind is like but they need to know but my heart's like they're not going to hear anything so why don't we just let things be as they are um and I totally agree I I the the shift that I definitely feel coming is a shift out of like I've definitely felt a new level of self-worth um, and belief in my path um, and there is definitely a part of my ego that's let go recently that's like I don't need anyone else to see the world the way I see the world not even the people I love um, mm. and that humility that you talk about as well like even with my mom I've had that like oh my god why am I even trying to um, inverted commas help her because that's what my ego tells me I'm doing I'm trying to help her but all I'm doing is you know kind of consistently knocking up against her self-worth so why don't I just let a poor 80 something year old woman be the way she is and learn to deal with my triggers um, and I, I yeah so I totally totally hear what you're saying it's like making peace with that you know, it, it is the ego. Whenever we want someone else to be different, it's the ego making peace with um, other people's thinking and coming back to that heart space. Yeah, it totally resonates with me. Because we're just not going to make it through, you know, if we can't support the people we love. And there's this thing, you know, the mind always wants to get it. The mind, it's like, I don't get it. Yeah, but I don't get it. I don't understand why they think like that or what, why they feel like that. And it's like, you don't need to get it, to love them. You can still love them without understanding it, like yeah. from the, that, that level. So that for me is one of the invitations that we have this year. And also it's the conditioning um, viewpoint 
So I'm hopeful is what I can say about the, the way that we're going to be relating to each other this year. Um, and then I went and had a little look at the gene keys for 8 and 14. And I mean, the, the, I had another kind of realisation, which is also on this theme. So get gene key 8 is the shadow of mediocrity, the gift of style and the city of exquisiteness. And 14 is the shadow of compromise, the gift of competence and the city of bounteousness. And Richard Rudd says, I'm quoting here, you compromise your dreams not because you fear you will fail, but because you know that to succeed, you will have to rebel against the whole of society and its expectations of you. Mediocrity is the fear of being different. So everyone does the same thing as everyone else, right? They're compromising their truth if I'm using the two shadow words in a sentence. Uh, and this is the theme with the circuits as well. Like we're, this is individual circuitry, but tribal circuitry, if you have a lot of tribal circuitry, you are more likely to be wary of people who express individuality because historically in, when we were in little tribal groups, expressing difference was a threat to the harmony and coherence of the tribe. And the expression dare to be different popped into my head when I was contemplating this. And then I was like, dare implies a risk but what if it wasn't unsafe to be different what if we didn't have to dare to be different what if it was perfectly safe to be as completely unique as you want to be and you weren't going to be judged for it and you weren't going to be ostracized for it and it wasn't a threat to your survival yeah what if (laughs) well the crazy thing is that it isn't it isn't there is no threat there is no threat Fear is not real, you know, and as soon as I heard you um, putting the pieces together, I'm like, wow, you know, like mediocrity and this, you know, that, that, that style, like um, what was the other, the the fear of the 14? Uh, Shadow is compromise. Yeah. Compromise. This mediocrity and compromise, like instantly what I hear that I really think about those fears, like, both mediocrity and uh, compromise are all about you not being you. You know, it's that, well, it's like you said, it's too scary to be you. And the invitation that I'd like to throw out is that, no, it's not. It's more scary if people don't mm-hmm. be, be within that individual energy and be themselves because the world is changing and every single person who steps in um, to their authenticity is another person helping us all raise the consciousness level of um, of planet Earth. And, you know, it's really interesting that you say that as well because I have been so, um, I'm not going to say obsessed, but so focused on, you know, like how can I influence people to think for themselves? That's all I want. Like I have... No opinions. You know, one of the things I'm very grateful for is I do have the gate 17 and I do definitely express the higher values of it. Like I'm not really bothered what opinions someone has. I'm just curious about them. I'm curious about all the ones, whether I agree with them or I don't agree with them, because um, if I'm not curious about all the opinions, then I can't be me. You know, I can't be authentic. But I would say that there's a lot of energy inviting everyone, like break the mould. And that doesn't mean you have to be, crazy overly vocal attack people in the streets it's none of that it's none of that 
It's all about, like, I love that word style, you know, Mm. like you being stylish, stylish, really slow down, chill out, be you and step into your own style. Um, Yeah, that, yeah, love it. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's not dangerous to be different uh, for some people. There are members of our society who are expressing their uniqueness and are being, you know, receiving death, threat, death threats and violent incidents. So for some people, it is different. And my kind of vision, you know, if we're, we're in the business of visioning the world, it's a world where anyone can wear anything and express as any in any way that they wish to, as long as they're not harming anyone else. And we celebrate that, you know, it, the difference is actively celebrated. And so my like invitation to myself, because of course we're still carrying all this tribal conditioning internally in our bodies. So yeah, I've just been making sure that, I mean, my, this is is kind of a shallow way of doing it, but my, my way of making sure I de-trigger myself uh, is to just follow people who look nothing like me, who don't behave like me on Instagram. So that I'm constantly seeing images that are very different to my physical expression because it de-triggers me, you know, initially it was like, oh, oh, like my, I could feel my nervous system being like different, different, different. And now it's not at all different. It's completely normal. And all that. so it, it takes a little while. I think this, if you know, you've got a trigger, it's very helpful to just keep exposing yourself to it until it becomes yeah. normal. And, and here's the thing, like we've got hundreds, thousands of years of conditioning of it's not safe to be different. Yeah. So it isn't something that we can necessarily just swap out in, in uh-huh. seconds. Um, and I love what you say. Like it's literally like slow exposure to heights. It's exactly the same, you know, like expose yourself to that thing, um, to something that's different and pay attention to the mind, you know, do mm-hmm. the exercises, like um, good old belief exercises. When you see someone who's different, what pops into your head? What are the beliefs? What are you saying? What is the ego saying? Ask yourself, is that true? Has it ever been untrue? Um, you know, is it serving you? Like challenge your belief systems because we should, I, I invite everyone to challenge all belief systems because belief systems are nothing more than a convenient assumption. It's something you've decided and usually been given by somebody else as the Toltec say, like it's an agreement that you entered into because you chose to take someone else's belief about you, you decided to take it on and make it an agreement. So we have that choice to to make new agreements. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I just, I want to keep bringing it back to the reality of we we have all this conditioning, we have all this internalised racism, colonialism, ableism, like it's all in us because we're part of the collective. My, I just, so the, the word conditioning is all I use. So I noticed the the thought arise that I'm, you know, I wouldn't choose to have that thought, but it popped in and, and it's like conditioning. And I, you know, I don't beat myself up. I don't label myself as a bad person for the thought that I just experienced, but I'm, I'm diffusing the bomb, if you like, by just continually and continually just, I'm not giving it any attention. I'm not giving it any energy, but I'm not ignoring it and I'm not denying it. So yeah, to get to a point of feeling safe in the body with extreme difference is something we all have to work through, I think. Yeah, well, it's the ultimate journey to self-love, isn't it? You yeah. know, like 
the only fear we have with being different is that if we're different, we won't be good enough. And, you know, it's, it is that ultimate journey into, into self-love and really, you know, being so much more than a bubble bath. You know, like <laughs> it's a journey. It's not just 10 minutes. No. So let's get into, that's the nodal theme. So that's running until mid-March, I think, mid-March 18th around then. Um, so February. Anyone looking at the wheel of the year will see we're in a new quarter, literally on the 1st of February into the first quarter, the quarter of initiation, um, purpose fulfilled through mind. I was reflecting on this last night, actually, when I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I was thinking, why is it purpose fulfilled through mind, yet it's all the gates of the solar plexus bar one in the first part of it? Um, and I come to, I mean, I came down on, I mean, Karen Curry Parker talks about this a lot, about the mind calibrating the emotions to, to direct the G. And I think the journey of the solar plexus is the journey of the relationship between the solar plexus, as in the physical body and the mind, like we were saying just before we hit record, thinking your feelings rather than feeling your feelings is what you said. And I think this is exactly why it's purposeful from through mind. Can you feel your feelings or are you still lost in your ideas about your feelings yeah so we're getting getting some practice let's say yeah and I think also like I I'm in this quarter as well so I've kind of reflected on you know what does that specifically mean Mm. um and you know I I think that that it's part of that solar plexus because I actually feel like this is the energy for me that has a lot to do with inspiration you know it's a lot of that sort of um the that spirit consciousness like where is my higher self guiding me where is my higher self curious um it's also the energy of being you know passionate about sharing the experiences um so yeah i reckon it's it really starts with that that inspiration the curiosity to then go down the the rabbit hole but also that that drive to teach and share um, what you're experiencing and learning. Yeah, very nice. Um, so anyone who's interested in the patterns of the wheel, thank you, Emma, for that, um, is the Sphinx gates start the quarters off. So you have the four gates of the vessel of love and the four gates of the cross of the Sphinx in the G centre. The G centre, of course, is our compass and our direction. It's the, where the monopole sits and it's basically our trajectory if you like in life and so at the beginning of every quarter you get a gate from the cross of the sphinx in this case gate 13 the gate of the listener um and then like i said we have this g-center gate and then it's going to go straight through the solar plexus gates all except one so we're if you remember back in september october time we went through every gate in the spleen so we're doing the same process in the emotional center so we, we can probably draw parallels between those two processes like all that stuff that came up for us in that time around September, October, this, the, when we became nine-centered beings from being seven-centered beings, the solar plexus and the spleen are like they were one and then they're now two. So I think they're a similar process. So why might the wheel of the year be designed like this? Like why would we start the first quarter of the year with all of the gates of the solar plexus. Ra did say something about this, and I've got the quote from him, um, which I'll come on to in a minute. But I, I think of this, when I was reflecting on this, I like to think of this as 
in our case, in the Northern Hemisphere spring cleaning, I don't know, what, whatever, end of summer cleaning in your case down there. and Autumn, um, autumn clean, cleaning. Autumn cleaning for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like spring cleaning, yes, at an emotional level. I imagine, and we will see in this month, there's going to be some stuff come up because anything that's coming, I think it's like a detox for the solar plexus. I think that's why the sun just goes through all the gates of the solar plexus, to just clear it out to bring, to shine a light on all of these different types of emotional energy, solar plexus energy that um, need to be, you know, looked at. That's all it's yeah. doing. Shining, bringing our awareness, yeah. more awareness to an awareness center. And it's really crazy. Like when you say that, I the thing that came to my mind was like that autumn energy of like bedding things down. Like, do I mm-hmm. need this? Do I not need this? Like yeah. bet that that's the sort of energy that I feel for sure. Like I, I 100% think it needs to be physical. I like I am actually recommending a full clean, like a, a possession detox, if you like, because we associate physical things with emotional memories. That's why we're hanging on to these things, because we've attached an emotional meaning to it. That's why we find it really hard to throw certain things away, even if we don't like them and we don't use them, because we've attached an emotion to them and we're hanging yeah. on to what that emotion used to mean for us. Um, And the catharsis of being willing to let certain possessions go. I'm not saying, you know, it's a bad thing to hold on to meaningful possessions. Of course not. But I think this decluttering, this physical decluttering, will aid the process. You know, I think there is a lot of, because it brings it up, you know, why am I still attached to this? Um, I I actually, and, and also I want to say that if it's not meant to leave, it won't be allowed. Like I had this thing last year, I think, during this period where I decided to get rid of all connections to ex-boyfriends. You know, there's always like one gift that they gave you that was so like hand-carved wooden olive hearts, like just stuff that was so, put, they had so much love that they put into it that it's like, oh, can I really... And so I decided I was going to, I was literally going to burn everything. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut all my ties. And then it's like the universe just wouldn't let me. There were certain things that it was like, this person had a huge part in your life and you need just one reminder to stay with you. And so I was like desperately trying to get rid of everything and be completely free. Um, and I was not. But I love that. that. <laughs> yeah, but that's it, right? Because we're we're not meant to get rid of things like that. We're not meant to get rid of everything, you know. Like mm. even if, um, you know, even if it didn't work out, like we were meant to. Get, there's gifts that we receive. So oh. I love that. I think that's really powerful. That, and that's why I like the bedding down. It's like, well, this this has great value, or maybe this doesn't. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I I love that story. I mean, it was it was hilarious because I was like all like I think it was because it's Imolk as well. The um, the cross this is a cross quarter day, and so you have the solstices and the equinoxes, and then the cross quarters. We're on Imolk in the northern hemisphere, and it's uh, Lunasar for you in the south. If we're using the Gallic Celtic um, festivals, and it's this festival of yeah, like clearing out and bringing in the new. So yeah. I wasn't I wasn't allowed to let go of these mementos of incredible people in my life. 
just because my ego decided that I wanted to. But yeah, there was there was a lot of other stuff that I did throw out and burn at that time that really clear. Like I I, I could feel my physical body so much lighter, so much less dense and heavy when I got mm-hmm. rid of all this stuff. So if people are feeling really dense and heavy and don't know where to start, I would say start with your belongings. Absolutely. And you know what? Marie Kondo is not as successful as she is for no reason. Yeah, you know, sure. like at the, at the end of the day, decluttering is a hugely powerful energetic mm-hmm. thing that we should all be doing. You know, one of the things that I'm really excited about this year being back in a house is that we're going to celebrate each new season mm-hmm. um, and do exactly that process instead of, doing it when I can't stand the clutter. And I mean, we don't live with a lot of clutter. Like I'm a classic. I am, I'm the daughter of the most un, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, what is the word? Sentimental, like the most unsentimental mother. She throws everything out. So I'm the same. I've never been hugely attached to things, but yeah, if, if you want to clear your energy and, the transits are also supporting us to do that. Mm. I think that, like, jump on it because this is one really powerful thing you can do to create and manifest the things into your life that you really want to call in. You've got to create space, like emotionally, exactly. physically. You've got to make, make space. Nothing new yeah. can and come until there's space for it. Exactly. And the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. So just because it's that, that classic thing, like just because you think you've let go of something or someone um but it's the opposite of your experience where you're like still hanging on to something like it's the metaphor pay attention pay attention because the external clue is telling you that you're still attached even though the mind is telling you you're not yeah and actually like even even though I didn't manage to throw the things away I I let go of the attachment that was all I had to do apparently I didn't actually need to get rid of the thing I just needed to be willing to get rid of the thing yeah so I think that there's that and that's the same with fear right like you you all you have something you're terrified of doing quite often when you decide you're willing to do it turns out you don't even need to do it because you've been willing (laughs) and this is the thing and this I remember reading um one of my favorite like inverted commas manifestation books it's called uh the game and the game of life and how to play it by um, Stovelshin, and she tells this brilliant story about a woman who has this fear of walking under ladders and she and all all things um you know bad and uh bad luck and she broke a mirror and had all this bad luck for all these years and she walked under a ladder and she had all this bad luck for all these years um and she finally went to Florence and she said well you've got to walk under the ladder. Like this is how you're going to break it. Like you have to walk under the ladder. Um, And so one day she's walking down the street and sure enough, there's a ladder and she's like, Oh, I can't do it. And she walks around the corner and as she goes around the corner, she's like, no, no, I have to do this. I have to lean in. So she's like, that's it committed. And this is, this is the thing about resistance, right? When we resist, when we make a commitment to the universe and we say, okay, fuck it, I'm in, whatever happens, I'm in, she walks back around the corner and the ladder's gone. It's, she doesn't have to walk up, walk under it because it's that commitment that she made to the self, to herself and to the universe 
that makes a difference. And you cannot fake that, by the way, because I've tried faking that commitment on many occasions. But you literally have to have that ability. Like you're ready to take the step that, you know, you are in. Um, And everything shifts and changes. It really does. And that's the key to resistance. Like resistance is there to teach you and it's just showing you what you're not willing to do. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I'm the same. I've tried faking it. doesn't work. You're yeah. actually, you've got to be in. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, wonderful. So let me check my notes. Where are we up to? Yeah, I was mentioning um, the cross-quarter days. Uh, an end of Mercury retrograde, that's the one other thing I wanted to mention. On the 3rd of February, uh, Mercury's going direct. So there's that as well. So it is kind of all systems go. So on with the show, as it were. Um, this first gate, this gate 13, um, the gate of the listener, also known as the fellowship of the man and the I Ching. This is active from the 2nd to the 7th of February, um, and it's got the earth in gate seven. So if you're looking at the body graph, you've got these two gates in the G center on either side of, you've got the abstract and the logical circuitry. Uh, the gate seven, the gate of the army or the self and interaction. Uh, and this is where I want to bring in the quote from Ra on the quarter of initiation, like where he's saying, why does this begin with all the gates of the solar plexus? And he says, it starts with melancholy. It all starts with sadness and art. It starts with music. It starts with love because individuality is at the core of what love is. Um, and from a human design perspective, <laughs> after my uh, experience with the cross of the unexpected four i am now i've now been looking more in the crosses like not only the transits but what crosses are they activating so i guess it's birthday shout outs right for the right angle cross of the sphinx which is the first one in the year juxtaposition of listening and left angle cross of masks so they're all concerned with love in some form the gate 13 is the gate of deep listening Listening to yourself deeply is, as Ra said, the this the core of love. And, and then the crosses express them in slightly different ways. So the right angle cross looks back and makes sense of their personal experience by saying, did I get love in the past? Is, is love likely to come again? It's this kind of past reflection of love. You've got the juxtaposition cross of listening, which listens in the present moment. And they understand that love exists through listening to what's happened. Like, for example, they hear a love song and they're like, oh, yeah, look, love exists. Otherwise, this beautiful love song couldn't exist. And then the left angle cross, the masks looks forward and wants to portray, like it's called the cross of masks because it wants to portray it in this kind of, I guess, like a Shakespearean actor would portray a tragicomic love story, for example. So there's... So many different, like the, even though the, the gate 13, the gate of the listener, the, doesn't sound that like much like love. It is in the G center and it has a role to play, which is about the direction of love, if you like. So love from the past, love in the present and, and evidence of love in the present and expression of love or portrayal of love so that other yeah. people can see it. Yeah, I love it. And the thing that comes to me though as well, like when, we, when you say like it's the gate of the listener, and its correlation to love. Well, ultimately for me, like that deep love and that deep listening is all about listening to spirit. You know, it is about that being able to override the ego. 
And when we simplify that, what are we talking about? We're talking about this world that we live in, that we have two very simple choices. We can choose love, the ego, um, or we can choose, sorry, we can choose fear, the ego, or we can choose love. So a lot of that deep listening, I really feel like that is talking to, um, listening to that higher self, which is our connection to source and spirit. Yeah, and Richard Rudd says exactly the same. And this is one of my favourite quotes from the entire Gene Keys, the, what Richard says about Gate 13, because it, I mean, I think I cried the first time I heard this and I might even cry reading it. <laughs> to be listened to by the great cosmic mother is to have all of your fears brought to the surface and loved into oblivion. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah. That, and, you know, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that is it. Like, that's the whole journey. It's like this, the beginning and the end of the journey. If you can allow yourself to contact that love that exists and be loved by it, I mean, it's the most powerful experience we're ever going to have in our life. Yeah, yeah. And it's that complete, um, oh, what's the word? Like it's that complete letting go, that mm. complete, complete letting go of identification, you know, like you mean I don't have to pretend anymore? Mm. Like that space, like, oh, God, I can just feel it. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, like head to toe goosebumps. <laughs> it's like because Love it. I know it I know that experience I have been fortunate enough to have had that experience that when I listen uh, deep 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 inside me underneath the layers of fear and pain and contraction and all of the stuff what's left that this field of love that I don't need to deserve you know it's like Every, there's nobody undeserving of that field. It's just a matter of being able to surrender enough into the frequency. And the reason, yeah. like, if people listening, like, why don't I feel that? Why have I never felt that? My observation in myself, there were two reasons why I didn't feel it. Number one, I didn't believe it was there. And number two, I didn't believe I deserved it when, when I did realise it was there. And whenever I've touched that field of love in me, in all of us, this universal field of love, the emotion that comes up is the grieving that I didn't believe that I deserved it. You know, it's like this surrender of my ego completely into, wow, this thing really loves me, really, really yeah. loves me. And I, I, I just love, I love that. And you're so right. And, you know, when, even when you were reading the quote, like for me personally and like I was a very introverted child, very introverted. Um, and I had that, like, as you were saying the quote, all these times in my life as a child, I, I remember I remember feeling it because I've, you know, my wounds were abandonment, aloneness, like all of these things. But I was never alone. Like I was never alone. And I was constantly, like I could feel that feeling. Put me in a room, in a classroom, poof, it's gone. But be in my bedroom on my own and I would have connection to it. And I would add to that is that we all experience it. We all feel it. Um, and if you think you don't, 
then I want you to ask yourself a better question. And the better question might be, well, if I do feel it and if I do have this connection, what would it be like in my body? Or start to ask yourself better questions because the only reason you don't feel it is exactly what Jenny said. It's what you said, Jenny, is because you believed you couldn't, didn't, or don't deserve it. And it's a belief system. But it's there just like your strategy, your authority is always guiding you. It's always guiding you whether you have conscious awareness of it or not. Um, you know, I have this one, and I appreciate these go on for a while, but I just want to share this story. When I was really, really deep, really deep in my depression and panic disorder, it was around the time I was starting to meditate. And probably the first year, uh, you know, like it's really funny for me because some things move really fast, but in the beginning things move really slow for me. And then all of a sudden I quantum leap. And my first year of meditating was some of the hardest things I've ever done in my life because every single time I closed my eyes, I would have a panic attack and go into sheer terror because I was so afraid, so afraid of what I would experience about me. You know, am I evil? You know, am I a bad person? Is there something inside of me that I should be scared of? Like constant. And I remember the first time in the meditation where I was like, all right, well, maybe it is. Maybe I am. And it wasn't me. It was like that love, that connection that was like, let me hold that for you just for a moment. And in that moment that the spirit held that for me, I was like, oh, my God, maybe I'm completely overreacting. And that's what I thought to myself. Like it had never occurred to me that I was, inverted commas, overreacting because I was so connected to the fear, to the ego. And that connection was always there. It was just that my connection to the ego was so much stronger than my connection to spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a time that I started to remember my childhood and be like, oh, my God, like I was literally connected hand in hand with spirit so much of the time. Um, so it's all there for us. It's that, again, we have to be prepared to walk under the ladder um, yeah. and that's where that connection can be found. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the big teachings that my meditation teacher has kind of instilled in us is exactly that. Like most people start meditating because they want to get away from their suffering, but they don't know where they're going. And he's very clear to make us all have this experience of, the, the profound love that we're going to, so this hug of the cosmic hug that we're going to surrender into. Um, because he's like, it's not a scary place, you know? Yeah. It really isn't when you really let go. So yeah, we start the whole wheel of the year with this. Yay. I mean, we've got nowhere to go, right? This is like beginning and end alpha and omega we're done. And then the wheel, and then of course the wheel turns and we carry on. <laughs> And life continues to happen. But this first week of February it is a bit surrendery. It's like, just listen. Love it. Just yep. retreat, listen. And take She's the love there. with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get into the um, <laughs> warning, spoiler alert, February is a bit like a rom-com. <laughs> Several rom-coms. <laughs> February the 8th to the 12th. Uh, we're in gate 49 with the sun, rejection of principles, gate four with the earth formalization. So a solar plexus gate with a, an Ajna? Yes, Ajna gate. Mm -hmm. So 49, we've spoken about this um, 
about four, three or four podcasts ago about this reassessment of our close relationships. It's a sensitive energy, that channel. It might be hypersensitivity to where your needs aren't being met. You might find you're snapping at other people or other people are snapping at you. Um, And we're being invited, I think, to lean in and listen to those snappy, you know, it might not, it might come out kind of, ah, but if we can hold our own and listen to what's being said and hear them out, I think what's going to be brought to the surface in this week is people voicing what is no longer acceptable for them, or at least becoming aware of what is no longer acceptable for them. They might not be ready to voice it yet. So I think if you're in relationship with someone, and it doesn't need to be romantic, it could be any kind of close by the family situation, or this is tribal energy, and this is the energy of are you in or are you out? Do you agree with me or not? Are we basing this relationship around the same principles or not? And again, let's refer back to our earlier discussion about meeting at the level of mind. Learning to articulate our feelings is challenging, right? We can feel our feelings, but actually being able to voice them is difficult. And so I remember uh, Terry Cole. Do you know Terry Cole? She does, um, she wrote the book Boundary Boss and she does a lot, she's a relational counsellor. And she was talking about um, being willing to renegotiate your position if the other person feels more strongly than you do. And I remember she was telling this story where her husband was getting really irate about something and she just said to him, how much of a big deal is this for you? And he said, it's very, this is a big deal for me. And she just was like, okay, I'm like, it's not that big of a deal for me. If it's that much of a big deal for you, I'm going to back out. And, and like, again, humility. I'm going to surrender my position to your position because you really care about this and I'm meh, not that bothered. I love that. I was going to say exactly the same thing. You know, this gate is all about, um, you know, reviewing the almost like the structure, the rules of a relationship. And it has to go both ways. And, you know, like the... I was just um, looking at, you know, with the awareness centres we have these, we talk about the fears of the spleen all the time, but we don't talk about the nervousness of the solar plexus or the um, anxieties of the Ajna, which I'm like, "Mm, we're going to be talking about that. So we talk about that in my programs. But one of the things that um, I just wanted to share with this is like this is a time to be really honest and be letting go of ego. So this could be a time where you want to question like, do I feel aligned to my truth in relationship? Like, are my principles being met? And what you were just sharing with that example, which I love, and I think, um, you know, Justin and I have talked a little bit to this on the last podcast where, you know, relationships are compromised. And if someone really cares and the other doesn't care as much, like this has got to be a part of that that principle that's being created within those relationships because um, otherwise you are going to be going into these the worlds of like rejection unpredictability and consequences that fear of the consequences that lies in that gate because the ego is determined to stay attached to this is what I want as opposed to the heart saying well this really isn't that important to me so sure I I respect what's important to you um, yeah, I think it's, I love this energy. It's powerful, but challenging. I think this is one of the biggest challenges in relationships um, is to really be able to truthfully compromise. Mm. 
I think the grounding of gate four, this logical gate, is actually supportive of this process because if we're able to ask questions like, how much of a big deal is this to you? Tell me more about why it matters to you. Help me understand your feelings about this. They're very like centered and quite logical gates. Sometimes in the process of expressing their feelings, people can see almost like it's almost like you can't see the shadow or the trigger until there's some like a logical container for it. And even just in this person being very willing to listen, you are then able to listen more to yourself and get more clarity internally. And it's almost like you will see if there are flaws in your logic and and this is not a big deal, actually, you'll see it in the process of being listened to. No? Love it. So it's just it's just opening up an awareness potential. And this is all that the transits do is they're highlighting certain aspects of our human experience. Like I'm, I'm highlighting all 64 aspects of our human experience in the course of a year. So every year we get this do-over, this re-clarification and an awareness potential, more and more and more awareness. That's all human. That's all we're doing, right, is expanding our aperture of awareness. Exactly. Human humanity generally, if you look at our history, all we've done is got more and more and more aware. That's it. That's the purpose of life, right? Raising yeah. our consciousness. Yeah. So yeah, just the the some compassionate questions, well timed, when someone is expressing some hurt or perceived slights or whatever, um, can yeah, can just the, the just the listening and the being willing to hold space for that person to process can transform the whole thing. Oh, I totally agree. And, you know, it's just come up for me as well that I really just want to say um, as we're talking about these solar plexus gates as well is like for all of those people that are in witness of the emotion that, you know, whether it's, you know, defined or undefined, the person having the emotion like, also, can we be holding space for that person to have the emotion without you taking it personally? As, a, as an emotional being, this is something that um, I was really challenged with when I was working out my emotions, is that people would take my emotions personally when it had nothing to do with them. Um, so that would be the other thing because this gate is so connected to relationship. You know, are you taking your partners, your mothers, your kids, your friends' emotions personally? And coming mm. from that place, because if you are, this isn't this isn't a resourceful place to be coming from. Instead, like you're saying, Jenny, like listen, hold space for them to have an emotion. Because the thing about emotion is that once you feel it, you can release it. But if other people are taking it personally, all of a sudden you're going to try and control that emotion, um, stop it, block it, whatever, um, and that's going to create a whole nother level. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that because I think it's really important um, to understand not to take other people's emotions personally. Yeah. And I, I feel like so when, when we move to the next week, you've got the 13th to the 18th of February. Um, I haven't been in a relationship for a while, but I do remember there was always this anticipation leading up to Valentine's Day, even though a lot of us are like, it's a commercial nonsense. It's like, it doesn't mean anything. I don't, you know, I sure love every day, all of which is perfectly valid. But for a lot of people, there is a lot of expectation. And I think that's, you know, that week leading up to the week before Valentine's Day with the Gate 49, 
it's like people are really reassessing the relationship that they're in that week. And it might not be that the people listening to this are doing it, but they might see a lot of it out there. I agree. Absolutely. Because, you know, what we focus on grows. So if we're all focused on Valentine's Day, whether we're in or out, it's still surrounding, you know, it, it is a big subject. Um, then, yeah, it's going to be highlighting the good, the bad and the ugly. Mm. And so then, of course, looking at the following week, I was like, why is Valentine's Day this day? Like, what is it in the background program that is that creates this day? You know, because this program's always been active. So it's always been the vibe on this week. So I was curious. I asked myself this question. Why is Valentine's Day Valentine's Day? And why is it the perfect storm for marriage proposals and declarations of love? What is that about? I love it. Okay. I went into the hexagrams. I'm going to get a little bit technical here because I think it's related to the hexagrams. So when you look at the human design mandala, not the wheel of the year that I created, but the original mandala, you will see these symbols all the way around the outside. These are the hexagrams. They're made up of six lines which are either a yin line, which is a broken line, or a yang line, which is a fixed line. And every gate, all 64 of the gates, has a unique combination of those yin-yang lines. The hexagrams are made of two trigrams, lower trigram, one, two, three, upper trigram, four, five, six. This is where we get all the lines from in human design, from these, these trigrams, these hexagrams. There are eight trigrams in total. Each trigram governs one-eighth of the wheel of the year. And in a certain chunk of eight, they've all got the same lower trigram. And then the other eight take their turns on top of that. So we have a base trigram that lasts for an eighth of the wheel, and all of the other trigrams take their turn on the top of it. This week, we have sun in gate 30, which is the gate of feelings, clinging fire, and earth in gate 29, the gate of saying yes or perseverance, the gate of the abysmal. And those two words, the clinging fire and the abysmal, are referring to, these are both double hexagrams. So there's double fire and double water. Fire on fire, water on water. <laughs> so gate 30, double fire, clinging fire. What is another name for clinging fire in the realm of human experience? Passion. Where desperately, fierily clinging to another being or to something. Oh, my God, I love it. Gate 29, double water in the I Ching, the abysmal, referring to the abyss as in a deep water abyss. What is deep water in human experience? Emotion. Deep emotion. <laughs> so you've got passion and emotion doubled up this week. That's why it's Valentine's yeah, Day, I think. I love it. Oh, my Romance. God, I love it. But I also love it because, you know, like just for the the whole like fire and water, like like that doesn't go, you know, there is this part, it doesn't go. And let, you know, whether you're into um, Valentine's Day or not, there it's not like, it's not like Christmas, is it? It's a really polarising day. So that really makes sense to me. I think that's really, really makes sense to me. I think that's bloody awesome. Isn't that fascinating? I'm, I'm, I was like, this is amazing. Look at this double fire, double water. Um, passion, emotion, and romance. I get it. It's like, yeah. I love one of it. them is going to put the other one out. Yeah. And I, you know what? It, sorry. 
No, no, I was just going to say, like, the fire is either going to burn up all the water and evaporate it, or the water is going to completely put the fire out. I love it. And it's that in the um, in the gate 30, that nervousness of what might or might not happen. You know, mm-hmm. that is this fear that sits in that gate, like, oh, like, does he love me? Does he love me not? You know, and that's that energy of Valentine's Day. Fuck, that makes so much sense. I love it. <laughs> and then I did look at, this, at the, because the, it's the second line day, right? This is the period from the 13th to 18th. So Valentine's Day falls on day two, which is the second line. And then I was like, that's really interesting because not only is the second line a projection field where you're going to get unexpected invitations, <laughs> like stuff is going to come out of the blue. Someone is going to recognize your genius and call you out on it, which is basically a proposal. Um, but also gate 30.2, the line keynote is pragmatism and 29.2 is assessment. So it's actually a pretty, of all of the days, it's the most practical logical okay well you can actually use this energy to consider this proposal that's come out of the blue do i want to accept this is this something that's going to work for me so it yeah it just the unpicking the whole day was just like the most fun <laughs> oh my god that sounds so good i love it and you know that to me also says like it's that energy of your you've got the energetic support to make the bigger decisions you know like yeah, yeah. Gold. I love your HD nerding out. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, then the next day, episode three in this rom-com, um, February the 19th to the 23rd, we've got the sun in the gate 55. Spirit, you know what that means. The earth is in gate 59, sexuality. I've got to say, I've got to say it, these are two of my absolute favorite freaking gates like bring it on i'm looking forward to the new paradigm i mean i would say if you had a good week last week clear your social plans buy snacks and go to bed because (laughs) this is some spicy energy right if you have a partner this could be fun um but for those of us who don't currently have or choose not to be partnered uh we have a calling to witness the gates of the sleeping phoenix In five years' time, precisely, on the 19th of February, 2027, this is the beginning of the new cycle. This is it, five years from this day, when we go into the gates of the Sleeping Phoenix and the whole background cross shifts. So for the next five years, on February the 19th, that week, we get to witness what kind of vibe is being fixed as our background incarnation cross for the next 411 years. Wow, let's do it. So that the first three days of this period, 19, 20, 21, which is the right angle cross of the Sleeping Phoenix, what do we experience? It's going to give us some insight. Um, and so I've taken some the descriptions of this book, uh, of this cross from the definitive book of HD and then also from the document that you produced, Emma, which I've also kind of added to based on my reading of Ra's transcripts. So the the, the official Description is people busy seeking access to spirit through love and bonding who in this quest experience transformation, brackets, death and rebirth. So I'll read that again. People busy seeking access to spirit through love and bonding who in this quest experience transformation, death and rebirth. So, yeah, it's really highlighting that 
we experience the deepest connection to spirit when we allow ourselves to open up. And we usually do that in, in relationship to another being, whether that's a, a partner or children or a pet or like whatever. It's usually another being that opens our heart to the extent that we feel this. Yeah, part of us dies and part of us is reborn. Yeah, I just have to add because, again, Little Miss Patterns over here, and I love that you're a Little Miss Patterns as well. And what I mean by Little Miss Patterns is that we both have outer vision. Um, the big thing, the, okay, so here's the thing that I see, Little Miss Patterns, is what we've been talking about today. It's like it's, it's again walking under the ladder. So the sleeping phoenix, like the job of the sleeping phoenix, the, the job of the aura of the sleeping phoenix is to literally help people rise from the ashes and you can't freaking burn you can't rise until you're all in so i love this this theme that's coming from this podcast it's really inviting people like just commit even though you're not gonna you know you don't have a certainty you don't have you don't know where you're going you 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 don't have any of the clarity that's going to support you freaking do it because this i love this energy and the 55 like I think the 55 has been one of my greatest teachers mm. and, you know, it invites us all to be so deeply connected to our spirit, you know, like this metaphor you've all heard a bazillion times, like you think of a spirited horse or a spirited child, that is the 55, that is abundance. If you want to really connect, if you want to be reborn, then stop looking at your bank account and start feeling your spirit, your heart. And this is this is this transformation. Oh my God, I love it. I love these gates. I know, right? And that um, I mean the, the cross is backed up by the 3420, the 55, 59, and then the 3420. So it really does have this energy from the sacral to the throat that is pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. Um and these are all energies like of the they're they are so free-spirited, all of these energies, you know, from all the 3420s, and I mean, I am one, but all of them that I've worked with, like their biggest lesson we have to learn is to just trust, trust what comes out of our mouth, trust um, that, you know, that that energy, that charisma, that uh, that power, and, you know, like far out, may we all experience that, you know, for that to be the governing energies for 400 years, like fucking bring it on. Yeah, man. Apparently I'm dropping the F-bomb a lot today. Apologies. <laughs> or not. I mean, you know, I don't care, but um, huh. some of our listeners might have little mm-hmm. children around. But anyway, so that we're nearly done. February the 24th to the 28th brings us to the end of the month. And it's, I mean, speaking of energies that you know well, sun in gate 37, earth in gate 40, friendship, family, deliverance, aloneness, channel of community for the whole planet. Um, so if we were if we were in a rom-com, <laughs> we're now in the like bit where it gets real. Like you've got to create a family and a bond and a, a bargain that works and you've got to renegotiate the fairness of who does what and all the practical aspects. I mean, you have this channel. I mean, you go, go ahead, run. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. You know, the big, I'm going to say it again. It's that equality. It's, it's all about the equality. You know, Richard Rudd talks in the, in about this, that it's, it's not about um, 
you know, it's not just about this family and community, it's about equality. It's equality of the sector, sector, sexes, the gender roles, you know, who provides for who. It's this creating um, this highest expression of, like, peace. And I love, like, the thing that when you were speaking I heard, yeah, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where you walk the talk. This is where um, to bring everything back full loop. Like, this is where you're like, all right, I really have to be different now, not just think about it. Um, Yeah, I love that. But it's a beautiful energy. Like, it really is. I feel so grateful, and I'm sure everyone does, about their, their, their personality, son. But I feel so grateful to be born under this because, you know, since as long as I can remember, my highest desire is for everyone to get along. I just want everyone to get along. Um, so it's a beautiful energy to be in. But I will say there is this other part of the, the, 30, um, the 4037 that don't fuck with it. You know, it's a mama bear. It's attached to the will centre. Uh, it's determined and, you know, like what is best for the community is what governs it. So anything that tries to prevent that, get the hell out of its way. So it's a really powerful rubber hits the road um, because, again, this 3740 is all about like I want to provide. I want to provide, like give me what I need to provide for for the community. So it's a beautiful energy. I really love it. Yeah, my brother has this channel and, um and when it's on a mission, it's like, <laughs> I'll tell this little story. It was my brother's birthday this month. And um, I went round on his birthday and he was ha- having like a few friends over and us um, in the evening. And so he was cleaning the whole house and he was like, he wanted to provide the perfect experience for everyone. And it was like, I went round to say happy birthday and I just like opened the door and I could feel the tornado and I was like, oh God. And so I like, threw the card on the floor. I was like, I better bye. And because I was going to come back later, but I, Hannah, his partner messaged me. She was like, any advice? Like, what do I do? And I was like, just get out of the way. Like the tornado is gone. Get out of the way. Get out of the, put the baby in the buggy, get out of the house. Like he's the 34, the 3740 is providing and it's willful and, and it's determined and it's emotional and you better get out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, and you better get out of the way. You know, I think that this is, um, it is the mama bear. It's the it's the mama bear. Like, um, and and I will say over the years, it's an energy that can be so underestimated, because people see it as this, you know, really loving, supportive. Yeah, I want to provide. I want to take care. Um, until someone challenges that, and and then that the bear does come out and I um and and it is that energy as well like this is a time that you're going to feel what what the true equality feels like I this is something for me that it like true equality lives in my heart and Mm -hmm. I do my very best and it's really interesting because the way that my family talk about me like they will literally say things like whether it's not about side so much but like you don't take sides you don't um you always see everyone else's point of view you're like you're the really the fairest person I know and and that's not true like I'm very grateful for my family but they have blinkers on but this is an energy like it is like let yourself be in this energy and also with the 40 like this is a time that you are like I'm done I've provided now you need to fucking do your job and I'm going to go and 
recover, rest, mm-hmm. take care of me. So really understanding that that balance, it's a massive balance. You know, it's it's powerful, it's strong, and it's it's so deeply rooted in that love of the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also the will center. You know, it is it is connected to this determination and this this want to create on the material plane. And when that desire wants fucking out and alone time, this has to happen. You know, it's, yeah, I love the energy, but then I live with it every day. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly say I didn't always love it because if when it goes, it goes. And um, I know quite often women with this energy implode. My brother obviously is a man. He exploded it with, like, so it was the, it was like my trauma, if you like, as a child was hit the explosions of this energy. But understanding what I understand about it now and how to manage it, I mean, when he's in full tornado, there's not there's nothing to do. But when there's a strong wind blowing, I know how to deal with him because it's touchy-feely, it's tactile. I'll usually just go and give him a hug. Um, and, you know, it, it needs that in-person connection. And so, like, on a global level, Virtual relationships this week are probably going to feel really unsatisfying and we're probably going to be feeling that pull to, to connect, like real connect with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like you say, if the, uh, if the Gate 40 has had enough of providing, it might have the exact opposite. Be like, I am done. I want out. Like, I need a break from yeah. you people. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Um. The other thing that I want to share about um, that touchy-feely piece, right, for all of you out there, a large thing, and I've had another client today that's had this same experience, there is a lot of us that have the 4037, full stop, and then there's a lot of us that have the 4037 that don't resonate with being tactile. And this is because we have literally shut down our feelings. We've shut down our emotions. So I would invite you to Will Centre, take the lead in starting to build the habit because this is definitely something for me because um, Justin would try to give me a hug and I'd be like, get the fuck out of my space. But later on, I would say, oh, would you mind just rubbing my leg like when we're sitting on the couch? Um, I'm very tactile with the children because my parents weren't tactile with me. Um, so I am I think demonstrative is the word. Is that the right word? Whatever yeah. the word is. Um, so, you know, I would get get my connection through touch with the kids but for those of you who are like I just don't get that I just don't get that that tactile touchy feely thing with the 4037 it's probably because you've shut down all your feelings all your emotions um so you just have to start to build the muscle and because it comes down to feeling safe like because my my parents were never demonstrative with me I never felt safe with being touched so that was never I never got to connect to it until I was much older so I just want to add that because I just hear it all the time yeah good reminder because I'm obviously conditioned by my brother's experience of this energy but I did meet someone very recently who has this channel and I said and I, I was like massaging her shoulders like and she was like part of me loves this and part of me is really freaking out right now and I was like and then we had a conversation and it was exactly what you're saying that she had exactly the same experience and shut and shut down her appreciation of physical touch. Yeah, and you don't trust it. This is the big piece: mm. is you don't trust it. Um, and yeah, you can get back that. You know, it's very. It's. It, I definitely um, am so much more 
uh, demonstrative, affectionate, um, all of those things, it, definitely. But, yeah, I just wanted to make sure for all of those who were like, I don't get it, they got mm-hmm. taken care of. And then we've got a really, we've got a really lovely segue um, from the last week of February with the Sun-Earth pairings into the Celestial Spotlight, which I want to continue looking at Jupiter because Jupiter's in gate 37. So we had um, Jupiter in 55 at the beginning of January, and we spoke about this on the last podcast, how, you know, I saw it everywhere, like Jupiter's influence on culture. I felt like more than ever, all I could see was people talking about abundance and material wealth. It seemed more prevalent. And it was almost like those people who had previously felt disenfranchised and not deserving of wealth, suddenly kind of waking up to their conditioning and deciding, I am worthy of it. Like, I've been conditioned to believe that, like, X billionaires get all the money uh, and we just scrape by. And I think there was this big upsurge of, like, hang on a minute, I'm not having that. I want, these people don't deserve this wealth. Why don't, why aren't I getting some of this? So that influence that I felt that Jupiter had over kind of the end of December, beginning of January. I have to add, that was also, remember, I, I launched my Purpose and Abundance oh. program. And what's really interesting is we started that program and right at the beginning of the program, I literally um, introduced a whole new paradigm of abundance and the results that people got just in the first two weeks of just waking up to what abundance really is um, and all of the contributing factors from my experiment um, are and them experimenting with it, like mind blown, you know, and really to that place where they were like exactly what you said, like waking up to the fact that abundance isn't something for the 1%. It's for everybody. Yeah, and I mean, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I'm knackered, and it's because of the abundance of work that came in in early January. Like, it just, there was a flood um, of, of bookings. So I think we've all been kind of experiencing an abundance in some form. Um, but, like, Jupiter in 37 in this gate of friendship and family, um, I think it's kind of balancing and mitigating what Chiron is doing out in gate 21. Like, Chiron has got this this quite individualistic controlling kind of willful energy going on at the moment and where it's Chiron so we're healing that wound but I think Jupiter at ah, least for the moment is temporary true words I've of, not heard lately sorry to talk over the top of you but uh yeah huh yeah yeah we are we've definitely got that wound healing going on but we're, we're being helped I think a little bit by um oh, and that control piece that like the other thing that you know bloody control we are healing that belief system that we think we need someone else to tell us what to do and control us we freaking don't yeah and i mean there's all kind we look at all the outer planets like what's neptune doing in 22 the gate of social openness or not there's this activation of the line five i think it is bigotry or two i can't remember which yeah one of the lines of it but it's exactly that like we're seeing the outer planets doing this kind of global dance, but then we've got Jupiter in the middle as the cultural conditioner anchoring us in something very different in the gate 37, this gate of friendship and family. And what I'm seeing, like 
speaking, like keeping it with the theme of this emotional clear out, I'm feeling what uh, more of a fluidity around this energy, like the fluidity of friendships, you know, allowing people that I barely know to become extremely close and really important in my life. Uh, some people sticking around who are always around, some others drifting away. Maybe they'll come back, maybe not. That's cool. But just this, we were talking about non-attachment emotionally and just allowing friendship and family to be in your life, but perhaps in a form that you're not expecting or not um, used to. Because I feel like if we're clinging onto our family to behave like a family, we're setting a load of expectations on the whole relational dynamic. And we might end up being disappointed by that. Whereas, and, and if we bring then in the fact that this is a reflector year, the less we set our expectations on things, the less likely we are to be disappointed, the more likely we are to experience surprise and joy by just allowing whatever comes to, to come. So. Everything in the universe is waveform, right? It ebbs, it flows like the ocean. It comes, it goes. And my uh, interpretation of Jupiter in here is this softness, this abundance of friendship and family energy is like, hold on to what's important. Let's not be reactive because we've got Mar in March Sun going uh, Saturn going through 49, which obviously the sun just went through is going to go through in February. We just spoke about this 49, this like rejection of principles, like you're in, you're out. So Saturn's kind of doing that in the background. But Jupiter's saying, no, stay together, guys. Let your friends and family, in terms of the individuals who, are, who make up those groups, ebb and flow. But let yourself be um, feel supported, feel loved, feel mm. like you belong. You know, because this is the thing with the polarization. It's like you don't belong anymore. I mean, it started in the UK with Brexit. You were either a leaver or a remainer. And it polarized families in the same way that everything that's going on with, you know, you know what yeah. <laughs> is polarizing people. I think feel like Jupiter is holding us in reasonableness. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I think that that I what I just have to add is again this. This part of the 37 is about balance. It's about mm -hmm. balance. It's about, um, you know, again, Richard Rudd talks about the masculine and the feminine, but it's anything. It's about saying that everything is valuable and it, it's about balance. And one thing that I would also encourage, and I love the way you put it, like Jupiter holding everyone together, holding it all together, you know, maybe the family not being the way you think it should be. One of the, the great gifts that I've learned to fully surrender to my energy is, you know, sometimes I've wanted to curate groups, but literally the groups that the universe brings to me in my programs, in my friendships, my, you know, my, my physical family, um, like I couldn't, there's no way I could have done that myself. So I would say with this energy, um, trust trust who comes to you and who leaves it's a large part of what this energy is all about it can curate the most beautiful group of human beings that fit perfectly together I mean my masterminds like we find in each mastermind that these people that fit together like puzzle pieces I mean you are 
Uh, and, and like when I went to put people together for my readers, like I'm just like, oh, you go together and you go together. Um, and it's like, oh, oh, my God, these people are amazing and, and you guys all have connected so well with the people that you've been put with. Mm. That's not me. That's mm. this energy of 37. So that's the other part, like trust who comes and goes um, and you'll be surprised. Mm. Yeah, so I'm going to end, if it's all right, with um, a quote from, so this discussion, this exact same discussion was going on on the Telegram thread that I have with, speaking of community, that with our meditation teacher. And people were asking about how, um, how do I deal with the pressure that I feel to do a certain thing when I don't want to and like all of this, these, inter, these dynamics that we're experiencing where there, people are taking aside and then trying to, impose that side on other people uh, and he I, I have asked his permission to share this quote he replied this on the thread we should never bow down on our values and core beliefs because it only because it's inconvenient to uphold them nor should we be bullied but if our position could be the result of a genuine error or a lack of insight then the opinions of others should be listened to but remembering that they're only opinions there are too many arguments on both sides for either side to insist they are right Everyone will ultimately cling to the view that upholds their conditioned perspective, and none of us have perfect vision. We should be humble enough to acknowledge that. So we should beg to differ and respect each other. Otherwise, we create only division when connection is most important. It will fracture us, and polarized communities are the most unstable of all. We are all facing issues more important and weighty than this pandemic, and we need to show each other consideration, mutual respect, and love if we have any chance of ascending through them. I mean, just wow. so beautiful. Got goosebumps. That's just hashtag nailed it. Yeah. My uh, my 34-7 has so much it wants to say, but it's not going to, it's not saying anything because yeah. that is perfection. So thank you so much for sharing that quote. Thank you to your meditation teacher. Um, and may everyone fully hear and receive it because I couldn't agree more. Let's do it. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's where that's where we get to by the end of February. Beautiful. Amazing. Well, I'm really excited about February, the rom-com. Um, it's also my birthday month, so that's exciting. And, and uh, yeah, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much, Jenny. <laughs> Oh, look, the dogs have joined in. All right. Uh, oh, I know. That's just, Bailey just had to have his fair say. Um, yeah, no, so no, thank no, you so no, much no, for joining. Thank you, everyone. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness, always. Um, it's been so great doing this. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And um, we look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.